0: Alright, welcome to the Peyton Years, your home for all Oregon State men's basketball news, love, ridicule, hate, and desire. As always, I'm your host, Andy, and I'm here with...
1: What's going on, Dee? This is Sam here. How are you guys doing?
0: Doing well. Doing well. Sam, how's your week been going?
1: You know, um, it's getting to be that time of year where it enters your thoughts more and more. We've had a lot of distractions in the news lately. Um most of which have gone the way that we wanted, and now it's time to really start thinking Oregon State men's basketball. I'm looking outside. It looks terrible. It's a fall Saturday. The football team is winless. This is when we start to get excited for winter.
0: All the signs are pointing to an Oregon State college basketball season. The future of the nation is secure. The football team is winless, like you said, and the weather's terrible. That means Oregon State basketball is right around the corner.
1: And we got a lot to be excited about. This is why, I mean, we had media day recently since the last time you and I sat down. We have a huge recruit. Big news. It's a JUCO guy.
0: We're JUCO USA.
1: Yes, we are becoming the school for all those second chance guys to start to aspire to attend, clearly.
0: We're the home for wayward souls. And as an Oregon State alum, I wouldn't have it any other way. No, this is what you want as a program, quote-unquote,
1: booster. I think you and I qualify as boosters. There's no one financially
0: supporting
1: <laughs> this program. quite Well, there is, but...
0: There is, and we'll get there someday. And with your support, maybe someday soon.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, so like Sam said, we're just going to... We don't have too much of an update, so we're just doing a little check-in before the season. We're going to go over the media today, the interviews with uh, Ethan Thompson and Wayne Tinkle, going to talk about the new recruit... Give a couple of updates, a little bit about a bygone beaver, and then we'll get out of your hair. But first, as always, the Oregon State Fight Song.
1: All right and a little fade out <laughs> oh that was the best one yet yeah, that was refreshing it was
0: better and less jarring than the first one which was a feedback that i received and have took into account and shout outs to those of you helping us out shout out to everyone who's been listening to the podcast yeah we had a lot of listeners so well, i guess we'll just jump in that right now we got a listener in germany shout out to you
1: that's yeah the most exciting new listener update shout outs to seth and max and apparently shout outs to our new friend in Germany, we got a cat. Wheels is a big supporter of them as well. But um, yeah, we both assume it to be, if not a member of the shaft in our family, then at least a huge supporter of Roland and Olaf. I sh- Speaking of bygone bees, which we're going to talk about later, a pair of brothers overshadowed a little bit by another pair of brother tandem we've had so many of them over the years it's, but the shop and ours were a favorite of mine the
0: oregon state is a family affair for years and years and years decades and decades i don't think it's going to change with a coach coaching change
1: no it's a it's a it's a well that we we're going to always have to to dip into. <laughs>
0: um all right so just getting into it uh pac-12 media day happened just a couple of days ago And they interviewed, uh, Andy Katz and local media members interviewed Wayne, Tinkle, and Ethan Thompson. And we're just going to go over a couple of things that really kind of popped up from it to kind of give our takes. Um... Sam, I guess first, number one, is we'll start off with defense. Um, so defense was a big topic of conversation for Oregon State. Obviously, that's kind of slipped in the last couple of years. Originally, it was Wayne Tinkle's calling it was, card.
1: I was about to say the same thing. It was a calling card of his days at at uh, Montana. And truly, the first season when they were picked to win no more than five, six games and uh, gridded their way to 17... He he established himself as a defensive guy, and since he's gotten more talent, that's gone away.
0: It's well, that's kind of one of the things he mentioned. So, like last year, Oregon State was eleventh in the Pac twelve at defending the three point line, three uh, hundred twentieth overall in college basketball.
1: And it really reared its head in the one uh, postseason game that they did play and won when Alfonso Plummer, who really wasn't even that good last year, hit, I think, 11 of them
0: in one game. And Wayne mentioned that he said that maybe uh, the team got a little lackadaisical knowing that Kyler Kelly, and as you refer to him as the human fly swatter, was back there taking care of everything. But he promised this year a real get-back-to-fundamentals approach on the perimeter.
1: Yes, now that we have lost the nation's leading shot blocker, the defense will be better.
0: Yeah. (laughs) As
1: Coach Tinkle asserted.
0: But he's done it before. Like, OSU was a top-three team in defending uh, the three-pointer in his first two seasons at Oregon State. And in 2015, they were 15th overall in the entire country. So, like, I know that he can do it. Some teams have been better
1: than others, and that just means that he can't use... Uh, and I'm not saying that he did that in media day, but he can't use the all the zones as an excuse because he, they've overcome that before.
0: For sure. And I think what he's really leaning into, I think it's going to look differently on defense this year. But he's saying that the strength of this team is going to be athleticism and length. That's what he just kept saying over and over again. Athleticism and length. He's referring to the new Juco guys. We've got, like, three new post players. Tariq Silver's a six six. Shooting guard... Um, Hollins, in theory, Hollins provides in th- that as well. Hollins, in theory, provides that as well. I mean, he's a, he's a solid athlete, solid defender. Um, he has a tendency to float, but I think maybe in his senior year, maybe that's behind him.
1: I I can establish, specifically Hollins, I, I am ready to say, is bad, and <laughs> I hope all these Juco guys take his minutes. I expect otherwise, unfortunately, though.
0: We'll see. Another thing he mentioned on defense was, one thing that he was stressing was that he's going to move Thompson around. Mm-hmm. this year and really expand his game really allow him to play both off ball on offense but then he was really stressing on defense that he's going to move him around and put him in different positions that kind of made me wonder are we actually going to see a one three one maybe with uh thompson up top or maybe in the middle to kind of taking over the kyler kelly spot relying on his athleticism he's supposed to have supposedly had a great off season and got a lot stronger a lot faster he looked a little thicker in his interview i will say
1: yeah, he and, and any time you're talking about Wayne Tinkle defensively, who is going to play the top spot in the 1-3-1 is, is going to be a big part of that discussion. It's probably going to be Thompson. I wouldn't mind seeing other guys. Tariq Silver, perhaps, Tariq's, maybe one of the newer guys.
0: Yeah, maybe, a, maybe we go with a classic, kind of like when we had a uh, Kyler uh, played with it a little bit, or like what uh, Robinson used to do with Eric Moreland. Eric Moreland, maybe was, get like Kalu up there if he's really mobile. If he's because I, I hear he's like a mobile six ten.
1: He well and clearly, I mean, the way he shoots the three and plays offensively, I am skeptical of his effort level. Defensive frankly. intensity, probably. Yes. Um, and it, whoever plays that spot has to be a guy that's on the floor for thirty plus minutes. Yeah, that's, unfortunately,
0: that's definitely true. Um. Just speaking of Thompson, that was another thing that came up was uh, they both, like, uh, Ethan Thompson mentioned it in his own interview and then Wayne uh, echoed it. But they both talked about moving him off ball, playing him in different positions, not just purely as the point guard distributor that he's had kind of played the last couple years. And they talked about him more kind of evolving and stepping out from a robin role. Well,
1: and yeah, he's going to have to guard the the best guard on the other team, if it's anybody under six four, uh the will Richardsons, the the Remy Martins, <laughs> the unfortunately Holland Woods, who's now in the pack twelve mm-hmm. of the world, and um because they have no one else to do that.
0: Maybe Gianni. I was thinking... Hopefully. I was kind of wondering when they were talking about when he was saying... Because it really sounded like the way he was phrasing it. It's like, I can play off ball. I can play off ball. That makes me think, well, then who's taking over point guard? I know it's probably not Jared Lucas. Are we going... Gianni Hunt is this a Gianni sighting he
1: well and that was his calling card a year ago was picking up full court when he would come into the game you know 10 minutes he, into it and provide energy he and, has
0: he has intensity I really like Gianni's Gianni's flow his intensity just see I don't know he kind of changes the whole tempo of a game I feel like and it's not always for the better it's kind of chaotic but. yes
1: and that's going to be the case this year I don't think he's a starter um, I think he plays a similar role we like the Bishop Montgomery
0: guys. Thank goodness for that <laughs> mid-tier CIF he, high school. And you know, Ethan uh, gave a shout out to his coach from Bishop Montgomery in his interview. So we really are—we're a fan of the pipeline.
1: Well, and he—they—we got another guy. The only true high school recruit, Isaiah Johnson, is from from that school as well. So mm-hmm. we'll see if he
0: can get some minutes. We'll we'll see. He's uh, Ethan said that he in his interview he mentioned that he's a good. Energy guy, that he, he tries really hard, and that he's really smart. So those are all compliments that make me believe he won't see a lot of action yes, at the start. That
1: screams three-star recruit <laughs> with no other Power 5 offers.
0: Um, during the media day, uh, Wayne gave a couple of updates on schedule and uh, Warreth eligibility. Warreth watch. The worth watch, yeah. Um, he said for schedule... Nothing's coming out right now, but they're working on it very hard, and it should be coming out soon,
1: okay, I mean, which is
0: believable <laughs> or
1: enough I mean they're running out of time. I looked at the just out of curiosity the ESPN Oregon State men's basketball page, which will shock you has not been updated a time <laughs> lately, but they have um three games on it in one is Washington state, one is uh, another conference one one was Wyoming so whether that means anything or not.
0: And I'm not even sure because in my mind I think that Texas San Antonio is maybe the only school that we have on lock to play in non-conference. We have one non-conference game that is contracted in. I want to say it's Texas San Antonio.
1: Well, when they played Wyoming a season ago, so it's believable that that could be one as well. I'm all for that level of competition. <laughs> Wyoming was very poor a season ago.
0: If we you know a slow start I think would be very hard for this team. To overcome. To from so I think a lot of momentum you can build early on, the better. Um, for Warth, uh on Warrith Watch, uh, Wayne Tinkle said there was some update the ncaa has asked for more information oregon state is complying with that we are supplying the ncaa with more information and that is all he will say do
1: you think that anybody that works in the ncaa office has the gal to tell john calipari (laughs) we need a little more info before we clear this guy that you clearly want to play it's just so insulting
0: it really is. That's Honestly, I was thinking of the exact same thing because Kentucky just went through this very same thing with a post player who transferred there from, is it Wake Forest? or? I believe uh, so. I think, it, I think it was Wake Forest, um, a big ACC school. But yeah, the NCAA cleared them. It was a big to-do. They had co-test, uh, other coaches protesting it in the SEC secretly, and they still got him through. No one cares if this guy comes to Oregon State.
1: No, and I think he's clearly actually a a pretty good player. Maybe all the the, the to do around him is making the overhype his ability.
0: Well, Wayne, and I don't know if it's because he can't play, and that's why he's doing. But Wayne talks about him a lot. And he brought him up several times, like when they were talking about defense, and he was mentioning his strength uh, and athleticism, and length. Like he brought Worth up. He's like, if we get Worth back, you know, that's a lot of length. Worth, I think if we get him back, you'll see by the end of the year a Worth um, and Della starting front court.
1: That having them play together is is very exciting. Only it having be... one of the two is still nice because I think Andela will help, but they're both limited in some. It would aspects. be like it'd be like
0: the Oregon State version of the Twin Towers where they're not. Tall towers. <laughs>
1: only, yeah, I was kidding, only if the towers were six <laughs> six. Truly, they're
0: buddy bunkers.
1: Yes, but they they are monsters in the paint.
0: Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, fingers crossed for him. I think he could really improve the season. And if we lose him, I think it could be tough.
1: He would be for for Beaver fans that can go into the past a little bit with us. He would be the best uh, transfer they'd gotten since Nick Dewitts. From Iowa on that one J. John team that mm-hmm. that made it to the NIT, um, <laughs> J John in two thousand five, I believe. Hell, um, hell of a coach, hell of a name. Yes, he had it going in the right direction. I was I was sold as a fourteen year old when they <laughs> when they made that NIT run.
0: <laughs> um, another topic that came up during the media day was the media obviously put out its Pac twelve poll, um, and somewhat a little surprising because. You know, independent polls have been coming out. The Athletic, um, CBS, uh, Three Man Weave, yes. podcast we talked about earlier or last time. Um, and none of them had Oregon State last. I mean, they had them all floating around last 10th place, 11th place. I had
1: seen strictly 11th. Strictly
0: 11th. Maybe I think I saw 10th on the Athletics.
1: Washington State, I think, yeah, is right there. But Cal it, being the unanimous 12th.
0: Uh, yeah, but now uh, Oregon State in the released media poll, the Pac-12 media poll, the official one for the season, Oregon State finished last. We're predicted to finish last. We finished behind Washington State by 18 votes. Oh, interesting.
1: So they had Cal above both.
0: Cal, Cal was at 10, Washington State 11, Oregon State 12. Um, top top three are UCLA, Arizona State, and then Oregon.
1: In some order, again, yeah, depending on the poll, I've seen Oregon at the top.
0: Yeah, well, Uh, this is just the the Pac-12 media poll. So this is like the official one for the conference with all the media members who vote for the conference. It's like a conglomerated poll.
1: It's mildly concerning to me that Cal seems to be creeping upwards in these
0: polls. Well, they they gave, um, just on a side note for that, like, so Cal has a player on... The first team, all conference. They did preseason first preseason uh, conference teams. Ethan Thompson was the only Oregon State player. He got second team all conference. And I think that's what separated them is Cal. They gave. Uh Matt Bradley, the uh, heavy set shooting yes. guard. This
1: is a, a display of the beaver bias mm-hmm. once again.
0: Because let's be honest, I said heavy set, but what I meant is fat. He's a fat He's dude. a fat shooting guard. And
1: who doesn't love a fat two guard playing D1 basketball? I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. He's a good player. He but is. But it was, uh, again, a, a, a very upsetting example, yet again, of the beaver bias. I mean,
0: Oregon got two players, both guards first team all-conference they got uh chris Duarte, who was their uh juke who is their own juco transfer yes their own juco transfer last year so maybe that's a promising time for us and then will richardson who i believe is he an oak hill guy i, I think so I think yeah so. and he's so, gonna
1: kind of take over that pritchard role yeah after he's a, sort of being his robin so to speak
0: he's a good shooter it's tough about the first team though is because like there's literally it's like a five person or a 10 person first team you know preseason Mm -hmm. so to say that we don't even have one of the top 10 players in the conference yes
1: to clarify if if you because that's usually how basketball works it's not five guys (laughs) it's (laughs) two at each position so they're saying when they say first team they mean a full roster team, right and ethan they deemed was not worthy of that which is pretty frustrating
0: it's true he made the second team along with um the stud, uh, Josh Christopher, who is the stud uh, freshman at Arizona State. Tiger Campbell, the guard for uh, UCLA, who has the giant dreadlocks that are like three feet tall in the air. You should yes. check them out. He's got crazy hair. It's very cool. Isaac Bonton, Portland legend Isaac Bonton,
1: Rose High School. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. Isaac Bonton was one of those kids who was playing varsity so young that it felt like he was there forever. Like mm-hmm. it felt like he was in high school for
1: eight years. Well, and he made a transfer stop or two <laughs> along the way. Well, so, yeah, he goes so far back. He played in high school with Cameron Chapman. <laughs> yeah, the older of the Chapman brothers, the Michigan,
0: the the Michigan State player who was run or he went to Michigan and he got run out. Right? He went
1: to Michigan and his his dad uh, it's a. Not to go too off the rails, but is a the ICP runner the oh. AAU <laughs> a voice, and he got a job on the staff at Detroit University. Okay, and that's so consequently, he ICP is there. inner
0: city players, inner city players, the elite Portland AAU group or whatever they're calling themselves. The name changes constantly. Um, all right, and then <laughs> for overall, the, one of the things that really came out uh, of this there was the promise made heard around the world was Wayne Tinkle when he was asked about how he felt about being predicted to finish last in the conference, he said, A, the media is always wrong. Of course. The media is always wrong. And B, I promise you, we will not finish last this year. You
1: heard it here second, <laughs> Beaver Believers. And that uh, what a breath of fresh air for a coach to confirm that we won't finish 12th out of 12 teams. <laughs>
0: Definitively last. We will not do it. Wayne has made well, that very and clear. And to say
1: it in in mid-November is kind of the <laughs> Oregon State equivalent of Steph Curry shooting a pull-up three and turning around before <laughs> he goes in. I mean, because we could. I uh, d- Does it give you more confidence, Andy, or does it concern you now that... It's, Maybe I, it's, a, it's a real possibility, and he knows that.
0: I would say that, A, it's never a good sign when your coach has to definitively come out and declare that you will not get last place. Because
1: that means someone asked
0: him. That means someone asked him. That means it is in the realm of possibility. If he has to tell you, it's almost like a comforting thing. Right? Right. Like Wayne's saying, listen to me, we will not get last place. We are not Washington State. We are Oregon State. I do think it's that a distinct. Said. <laughs> that said, I do think it is a distinct possibility. It really depends on if the NCAA screws us over and holds right. out Warith. It depends on how these uh, JUCO guys step up, and it's really injury dependent. Like a uh, big theme was uh, how deep our team has become. Like that's what Wayne and Ethan both talked about. That we're much deeper than we were last year. And that's pretty.
1: That's contingent on a lot of things. Uh,
0: contingent on a lot of things, and I just think like you know an injury to ethan thompson where he misses a sustained like two or three weeks in conference Mm -hmm. would that would be so hard to overcome
1: the thought of playing even a texas san antonio or wyoming in that first week without him is pretty terrifying so
0: i don't i think that like there are some qualifiers i don't think we're gonna i have faith in wayne wayne sweats too much during a game for me to ever not trust him and take him at face value Right, yeah, he puts his cards on the table, certainly. But I think it's like there are, if things go wrong, this is a season where if they go wrong, you hit rock bottom. Right,
1: and I, th- which is clearly what he's trying to avoid <laughs> by taking a flyer on so many different players. Yeah,
0: he's, he's really, we're going down swinging, and that's one thing I really appreciate about it. Um, I have a couple of highlighted little quotes from the media day that I thought were kind of funny. Um, Wayne... Do you want to do Wayne's or Ethan's first? Uh, give me Ethan's first. Okay. Ethan just said they have to do daily testing and he administers his own nasal swab while the trainer stands over behind him. Uh Uh-huh. And he says... Seems like they should have someone do that for him, but okay. He waxed poetically about Corvallis. He talked about what a great town it is, how beautiful it is, because they're asking if it's hard to isolate yourself. He said, well, you know, Corvallis in the fall. And that got me thinking. I was like, Corvallis in the fall. There's hardly a better Uh. place. Um, the foliage is, is top-notch. That He literally mentioned the trees. He of mentioned course the trees. he did. Um, but Ethan said that he feels like they're at an advantage, Oregon State's at an advantage, because Corvallis is one of the more isolated college towns in the Pac-12, and because it's smaller, they've been able to practice more than any other team. And uh, they have
1: contained it very well across
0: yeah. all, all uh, sports. So that's uh, Ethan's. And then he also just echoed that his coach that he can play either guard spot. And then, all right, so Wayne's was a little, he, Wayne had a little bit, a couple of uh, nice little moments that made me sure. laugh. Um, one, he wants people to know that they only have three players in this program who have been a part of it for more than a year
1: again that is your doing as a coach and you have been a part of it for going on six or seven now but again, it is an interesting thing to point out to help limit expectations certainly
0: thompson Hollins, reichel they're the only players who have been a part of it for more than a year
1: now how many second year guys are there because I, I can think of silva
0: silva gianni um
1: lucas d- lucas
0: d uh, tucker
1: hardly counts i mean um, he, he there's was-
0: yeah, Tucker and then uh
1: I believe the rest are walk ons. Yeah. Isaac Barnes, uh the, the people we don't need to be giving <laughs> a lot of airtime to.
0: Definitely not the air airtime. Um, this is a good one that I liked. Uh so one of the uh, coach or one of the reporters, Nick Dashall for the Oregonian, he asked Wayne, he said, Wayne, you know, your team's toughness has always been a calling card, like going back to Montana. It seems like maybe that's slipped a little bit in the last couple of years and I just loved Wayne's response because he really pushed back. He said, not tough. We finished fourth place a couple of years ago. That's the best finish in 30 years.
1: <laughs> uh, so, so it's such an upsetting defense. The, the team that finished was 18-13, and 13, mm-hmm. I believe, losing four of their last five games to uh, effectively kick them out of the NIT even, which I really wanted for that team. It, it would was, have been enough for me. Oh,
0: it was so doable. That was the best talent-wise team oregon state's had and, in such a long time
1: and colorado destroyed them yeah in that their one pack so i in washington
0: and they just missed a ton of wide open shots against washington
1: yeah that on the road in a mm-hmm. high scoring game the the ucla game the arizona game where i believe they were outscored like 22 to 4 and lost by one at home
0: probably shouldn't have happened right um so yeah, so, so I just thankfully he brought that the
1: you know, <laughs> defense, but yeah.
0: So I always love that. So shout out to Wayne for that. That was great. Um, another great classic Wayne line because Wayne's got a beautiful soul. It's one thing I'm realizing watching his interviews. He's really a really glass half full type of guy, which I'm starting to appreciate more and more. Because he doesn't right. always seem like that. He always seems so angry sometimes, but I really think he's glass half full. This is a quote from Wayne. He said. They're asking about how hard it is to uh, end the season kind of on a win like that last year. With all that momentum going forward, going to play the Ducks. And he said, you know, that is so tough. Um, You guys know, you guys have been around the business for a long time. You know that a good win like that can really get a lot of momentum going. Uh, Last year, the Pac-12 had done so well. There was about probably going to be seven NCAA spots for the uh, NCAA spots out of the conference. You know, eight teams fighting for those seven spots. And... You know, we were right in the thick of it. Because uh, that's... And I was like, I had to stop. I was like, wait, were we... I, I, I'm not going to lie. I smoked some marijuana. I was like, did I forget? Were time, we, time Were we on pace to make the NCAA tournament last year?
1: The answer is, is as someone, you know, who can be prone to, to question their memory from time to time for the same reason, unequivocally, we were not. <laughs> there was no cha- uh but you and I, I remember discussing after that Utah game, the NIT clearly being in conversation. It was in play. In the conversation. It was certainly in with one more win, but I thought that one could have been enough to get them in.
0: Um, yeah, definitely. So I think the NIT was definitely in play. I mean, not to say that the NCAA tournament shouldn't have been in play. Like we Absolutely. had the all-time lean score and shot blocker. It definitely should have been a goal. Just, I don't know how realistic that was. In with how addition the to other talent. Oh, well, if they
1: had really beaten the Ducks the next day, we absolutely would have been hoping and expecting. Right,
0: that's true. If, if everything, one, if the wind goes on. But up until that point.
1: I, I would question whether or not Wayne Tinkle simply was referring to the NIT when he <laughs> said that we were right in the thick of it. Because that makes it true. <laughs>
0: He's doing a a classic Sean Miller thing where he's being vague but also specific at the same time. Right. Just saying the tournament. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to be a postseason team again (laughs) this season. I love it. That's back Pac-12 go-to. And then the last uh, thing I liked from Wayne was someone asked him, they ended up with a question saying, Hey, I've been seeing on social media, Trace is working out a lot. Obviously, he's putting in a lot of time, effort, getting ready for the draft. What's some things you can say about it? How has it been a special time for your family? You know. Wayne obviously talked about what a special bond they have, how he's really proud of them, how they've worked hard together. It was a really exciting time for them. And then he said that uh, Trace's agent has done a great job of making him realize that the his next step doesn't start on Wednesday night. It starts on Thursday morning, uh, a.k.a. Um, he's not going to get drafted. Right,
1: I mean, I, that's, what, that's my takeaway from that, that there will be no celebration at the Tinkle Home the night of the draft, that the work will begin the following day when... He likely signs a free agent
0: contract with the San Antonio's. That is my prediction. (laughs) I can see that for sure. Um, What about, he said he also ended with Trace will overachieve and surpass any expectations, just like he's always done. Which, you know, hard to argue. I mean, No one one thought he was going to be the all-time leading scorer when he showed up. Um, Who do you think, just on a draft side note for Beavers, who do you think's got a better chance of sticking in the NBA? Kyler Kelly or Trace Ginkle?
1: Oh, uh, I, you know, the smart, mo- when you say stick, I, frankly, I, I, I'm going to say Kelly because I think he's going to get the shot first, much the same way that, Trace Tinkle is a miles better basketball player than, say, Moses Brown, but right. he got some minutes for the Blazers at times yeah, that's last year. Yeah, very true.
0: Moses Brown might be the worst basketball player to ever set foot on an NBA court.
1: It's He's in the discussion. If you strictly take skills into account, I mean, of all the guys over 7 foot, if you took 8 inches off of their height, what would they be doing and he would not be playing basketball
0: he i was shocked when i saw him on the blazers i was like moses brown like that guy was getting destroyed by the beavers
1: and so yeah even outplayed by kyler kelly frankly and so he's gonna get that chance he's gonna be a two-way guy at some point in the next couple years i would agree and i think trace is more destined to score twenty thousand points outside of the nba
0: trace might go back to his birthplace which is spain which is where he's conceived a la his name being trace interesting Uh, Yeah,
1: I think that level, and, you know, he'll have a good career doing that if he stays healthy.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, All right, we'll just, we'll wrap up with uh, a bygone beaver and some shout-outs. So, bygone beaver. We're going to make this a regular thing. I'm excited about this. A regular thing. Just looking up, seeing where our favorite beavers from the past are. We're looking up Seth Tarver today. Seth Tarver was the younger brother of uh, the younger Tarver brother of Jesuit yes. fame
1: from Portland. Speaking of uh, pairs of brothers. Speaking
0: of pairs of brothers, he helped the Beavers win the CBI. He was the Pac-ten Defensive Player of the Year in two thousand ten.
1: Yes, he he overcame the Beaver bias yeah. <laughs> at the top of the one three Craig Robinson one three one
0: zone that he deployed in he, his time. He was the first uh, Beaver to lead the Pac- tw- or not pac twelve, but the Pack ten, Pack twelve, yes. whatever you want to call it. Here's the first one to lead the conference in steals since Gary Payton.
1: And now, did Jared Cunningham? Jared also Cunningham do that after Jared him? Cunningham
0: did it. Jared Cunningham has the distinction of being the only player to ever lead the conference in points and steals and not get Player of the Year. What you get? Uh,
1: we, I hate to. We don't want to spend too much time each episode on the Beaver bias, but it has come up a number of times.
0: Give Jared. His award for crying out loud.
1: The they, need to reg- they took Reggie Bush's Heisman away retroactively. <laughs>
0: just give it to him. Yeah, that's exactly right. Let's take it from Jose Gutierrez. I know he didn't go to Cal without some money being handed over.
1: Absolutely. And he's in the TBT. now. <laughs> he's still chasing
0: it. <laughs> um, so, just looking up. So, after he graduated, uh, he didn't get drafted, but he played in the G League for the Idaho Stampede for a couple of years before heading overseas in 2013 to play in the Japanese Basketball League. Um, the Barometer, the Oregon State uh, student newspaper, which used to be a daily newspaper for years and years until I think two or three years ago, um, wrote like kind of an updated article about him and they said as of 2016, he had still been playing in the Japanese basketball league. So he's going on his fourth year. he had also earned his real estate license on the side and he had completed an internship with California Capital during the off season. So he's starting to kind of find his path after basketball.
1: Clearly had been advised that... that, Because he... I remember he was on the Blazers uh, preseason roster, so he was getting a sniff of it, and I think had been told along the way it wasn't going to happen for him.
0: I looked up his uh, LinkedIn page just out of curiosity, and it said, from 2017 to present, he's listed as the director of the Thompson Family Foundation... As in Clay Thompson, like for the Warriors, that Clay Thompson. That Clay yes, Thompson. and there are some pictures if you look up his Instagram. He's got he's sitting next to Clay Thompson's bulldog in one of those little throne shows, ah. so he's got some sort of connections. Um, he went to Jesuit. You knew he was going to be fine, right? Not a guy. I I
1: remember I'm in the same age as him, and I remember when they beat Kevin Love in the state championship when he was like 14, <laughs> thinking you know God. If the Beavers could get a guy like that in a couple <laughs> years, it'd turn it all around. And the CBI wasn't what I had in mind. But uh, I'll always miss that version of the one three one 3 one zone,
0: which has become so prevalent. Yeah, it was it was a beautiful thing. Um, so that's our bygone beaver, Seth Tarver. Shout out to you. Shout out to the Tarver bros. Congratulations. my, one of my favorite brother pairs to ever play at Oregon State. Definitely a top five pairs of brothers to ever play at oregon state and
1: all i've got to assume a pretty big name in japanese basketball if you ask japanese basketball fans i gotta think he was locking guys down out there
0: oh yeah it's it's Rui (laughs) haramura
1: and (laughs) And seth tarver seth
0: tarver um all right perfect um all right just gotta do some shout outs on our way out like we already said shout out to our one listener in germany olaf glad you like it i assume it's olaf for some reason (laughs) it could be roland who knows. And then um, this might be, when we talk about the beaver bias, I just want people to, to have a picture of kind of what we're talking about. So last week I sent a review to the Three Man Weave podcast, which is a podcast about college basketball that really gets into the nitty gritty. And I just thank them for kind of going in-depth on Oregon State on their last episode on their Pac-12 12
1: preview, which you should check out, yeah. Which you should check out, they do a Pac-12 good job. If you're, if
0: you're into college basketball, they, these guys do a great job. But when I say media beaver bias, this is what I'm talking about. So I'm just going to play them, reading my review, and their response to it. I have one
2: new one. That's right, Jim and Matt. We have one new review. It's from Free Tyreek Evans. I didn't realize he was... Uh, locked up. Is is, just, is he just like unsigned <laughs> as a free agent? That's probably. I hope so. Um, he says, "Love this podcast." He uh, he says, "Keep up the good work." He Says, "As an Oregon hey, state," he fast- said, "He said great work, Kai. Keep up the great work, good work." Yeah. Yes. I excuse me for paraphrasing. <laughs> uh, as an Oregon State basketball fan, I can assure you we don't need a hug, but would happily take any Gary Payton relatives you can find. Thank you for being the only podcast to mention OSU for more than 10 seconds. We're going to do him one better, Jim, because uh, his Beavers are ranked 110 in the Ken Palm preseason rankings. Guy's too high, too low. I, I'm going to say it's slightly too high. Oh, no. Tyree Evans. It is too high. Oh, boy. Can, can we get have a we, we Let's blame Gary Payton Sr. for not having more kids. I think that's got yeah, to be the first and foremost problem. The Thompson progress. family, the Tinkle family, and the Payton family should have all made a pact like 10 years ago and said, hey, we need to all have like six kids because the entire program stability rests in our baby-making ability, and now that's about to expire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad we have a Beaver fan out there. Um, I didn't know that, and I'm glad we do. I hope there's multiple of you. That's fantastic. Thank you for the review. Yeah.
1: When I first heard that, I was really upset about the, the 110 Ken Palm being too high, but realistically, top 125 is probably where we deserve to be.
0: And we're there, and that's something, that's going to be a goal that we are going to kind of check in as the season goes on. We're going to see where we're at in the Ken Palm We're going to call
1: these guys out again. We're going to
0: call these guys out. We're going to stay, is our is are going to stay goal to stay at 110, or should we make the goal for the team to finish? Top hundred teams in the country. You know, we're is gonna, that unrealistic?
1: Let's make it top hundred to push to really push ourselves as fans. Wait,
0: Wayne promised us that we're not going to finish last in the conference. Can he promise us that we will be one of the top hundred teams?
1: I think that Wayne, if he were here, would promise that. But frankly, one one ten, if they're in that one hundred four to one hundred nine range, something <laughs> like that. I'm going to take it as a W. There you, That's, there's going to be some good wins on that schedule. Some
0: good wins, some great losses, which is something you can always look forward to as an Oregon State fan. Nothing
1: better than a great, especially early in the season when you're building that resume, a good Beaver loss.
0: Yeah. All right, um, do we have anything else we want to talk about before we get out of here? Did you want to mention the new JUCO recruit? Oh, yeah,
1: I mean, it goes to, the, the future is bright as well. I I don't know if he got a chance to comment on, on Deshaun Davis and media day, but another New York guard, four stars, um, likely, as, as is usually the case, being overhyped now, they're pointing out that he had an offer from Seton Hall, I gotta think that The promises in Corvallis were a little more enticing. It sounds like he's going to have the ball in his hands. He's
0: gone on record and said, Wayne Tinkle has told me, I will have the ball in my hands the moment I step on campus.
1: Almost as if he's threatening that he'll leave (laughs) if that doesn't come true. And I'm not sure why he ended up at such a good player at a junior college. I'm sure he just needed the right fit, and he's going to find that in the family atmosphere of Corvallis.
0: We're Juco USA, baby. That's all there is to say.
1: Yeah, I meant uh, so exciting things on the horizon. Beautiful. For you and
0: I as well. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, um, this has been the Peyton Years. We'll do a, maybe one more check in before the official start of the season, whenever they drop the schedule or let Worth play. Um, side note on the free Tyreek Evans, he is uh, just banned from the NBA for drugs for two years. Bring him back. Tyreek needs to be He'll back. He'll be back. He'll be back. He's got a great shot, great handles. Um, all right. This is the Peyton Years signing off. Go, Beeves,
1: forever. Go, Beeves.
2: Fuck it Ducks.